few verses there, and then one verse in Hebrews. It's so good to be here. Brother Freeze. <laughs> All right. Good to see you, my friend. Praise God, all of you that are here to worship the Lord. Best thing you'll ever do in your life is worship. You can come to church for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is you got to come and worship God. God has something for you. He has something for everybody. And it's up to you to find it. And He won't keep it from you. But you know what? It's, it's exposed to you in worship and praise and prayer. Praise God. Genesis 13, verses 9 through 13, and verse 17 and 18. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. This is Abram talking to Lot. Verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes. Let's say his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, thou comest into Zoar. Verse 11, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. They separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and he pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Verse 17, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, and he came and he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And he built there an altar unto the Lord. We know the story. We don't want to be a lot. We want to be an Abram, don't we? Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just a few moments this morning, I want to talk about staying focused. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Staying focused. Sometimes it's hard to do. Um, maybe I could have a ophthalmology class or optometry class. I think that's how it's called. When you have problems with your eyes, you um, learn a lot about what's going on. And you understand a little more of what it takes to focus. A lot of people take things for granted. I've learned one thing in my life, not to take God for granted. Not to take other people for granted. It's amazing that we come in here and we feel the presence of God. And we shouldn't take that for granted. 
People have sacrificed and prayed. And I'm not talking about just today or this last month or last year. You're sitting in a place where people and, and pioneers, years before you even thought about and came to Florida, had paved the way in this house so that God's presence could rest down on this building. So that we can sit in a place, in a lovely place, and, and partake of what God's got for us. So we can worship with the music and pray and sing and have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. People sacrifice for that. We should not take it for granted. But yet it's our turn to put our shoulder to the wheel, so to speak. It's our turn to start focusing what God wants done in our lives. Too much, too long, too far we've been shut in and said, oh, well, everything will be fine. Let's just cruise on through this pandemic and let's just, you know, get through it and that'll be fine. It's, it, it has done something to you, has it not? And I believe that it's done something to this country and a matter of fact to this world. One thing that hopefully that things do to you is it makes you get closer to God. You've got to get closer to God in this day and age that we live in. And one of the points that we have to do is we have to make him our focal point in our lives. It's not just on a Sunday that we just focus on God, but you've got to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Every day is a focal point on God. Can you say praise the Lord? When I focus, focus definition means it's a central point as of attraction, as of attention, as of activity to concentrate, to direct one's attention and one's efforts and what they're looking at. So when you look at something and you focus on it, all the stuff that you've got, all your mind, all your brain, everything is looking that way and it's starting to focus. You can look at the clock and see that it's 20 to 12. You know where we're at and where we're at in, in those the time frame and things. You can look at other people. You can look at people's faces. You can look at signs and advertisements. And that will get you to start thinking, get you to start focusing and thinking about what that's all about. God made us that way. That's how we're all hooked up. But I want to say something that's important when we focus on the things of God. God has put in man an emptiness that only he can fill. God has made us together. Can you say praise the Lord? He's made us sit in heavenly places. And when I forget about the things that, kept, that, that set me aside and I start focusing on God, I believe that God has more of an emphasis going towards us because he sees your eyes and you're focusing on him. Excuse me for drinking this water, but it feels so much better. I would like ice cream. <laughs> Hard to preach chalking on chocolate chip mint ice cream. <laughs> With so much happening today, it's easy to lose our concentration of what God has got for us. Amen. We can get caught up with current events caught up with news reports, and it gives our attention to what's going on outside our world and forget about what God is trying to do inside your life. But here today, I want us to get fixed on the inside. And the, when you fix the inside, all the outside stuff's going to take care of itself. 
It's not immediate. I understand that. But when God touches your heart and begins to heal you, when God touches your eyes and begins to pull the scales away, when he puts the healing balm of Gilead over your eyes and the salve and the touch of God and, and, and the, 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 the blessings and the peace that passes all understanding comes upon you, everything becomes to get clearer because you're looking and you've been touched by God. So I have to get the inside fixed first. Paul said in Galatians 6, he said, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. God's given somebody here another opportunity. Every time the doors are open, every time the lights are on, every time the clock says let's have service, every time the music begins, is that he's given you an opportunity to open your heart up to him again. He's given you an opportunity to apply the salve, God. Touch my eyes again, Lord. You can't get that on the outside in this world. They have nothing that will help you like God can help you. Opportunity is for today. Opportunity can help you focus on what's important. I have guys I work with, they tend to think that one of the most important things is buying the correct lottery ticket. It's funny how they'll, they'll go through them at lunchtime and say, no, I didn't win again. Really? Why don't you give me some money and I'll put it in the mission fund? And let God begin to bless you in your life. Yeah, they don't like to hear that. We want instant stuff. Doesn't happen that way with God. You believe and you trust God that what you're doing and how many opportunity you're giving him to touch your life. And to begin to work again in your life and put things back together. Amen. He'll put it all back together. And it takes his timing is what's important also. Ha. So God has given somebody some opportunity. And we should take advantage of every service, every altar call, every song we sing, every chance we have to praise him, every time we get a chance to clap our hands. We should take advantage of the time and this atmosphere that it is. I don't know about you, but I want to better myself when I come here today. I want to be better than I was when I came through the door so when I can leave, I can be better and closer to God because I've given him an opportunity. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This looking word is a Greek word called aforaro, which means to consider attentively, to turn the eyes away from other things and to fix them on the something that's more important. We can practice that pretty easy all the time. We turn our eyes and we have a phrase that's a catchphrase. Carrie Bowman caught my eye 40 years ago. What? 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 You know what it's like. You fumble. Your mind's not correct because it's concentrating on what you saw. You mess things up. You don't mean to, but, you know, then we try to say, oh, you're in love. Of course. Now, apply that spiritually to us. 
Every time we get into the presence of God, every time you close your eyes in prayer and God begins to see you and God begins to give you a vision and give you uh, pictures and ideas of what he can do and how things are going to happen and stuff like that, he gets you closer and closer so you can turn your eyes away from the other things in this world that tend to rob us of our time, to rob us of our opportunities with God. I sing an old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Remember that? Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Too bad Lot didn't sing that song. He looked on the plains of the well watered of Jordan and he said, that's easy. I want that one. That looks great. Let me do this. It requires less work. I don't really have to seek after God and really touch him anymore because I can do all of this stuff. Whereas Uncle Abram decided to go the other way, go up into the land, up into the mountain area with God. We read it. He begins to build an altar and begins to uh, 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 create more of a relationship with God than him. Lot did. It's amazing how God made us, the things we put in our mind, the things that catch our eye, and the things we concentrated on. And we put our minds to it and we see things the way that God intends us to see them. This term I think is called undivided attention. How many ever heard that word? When you give God your undivided attention. And the devil does nothing else but to distract us. That's one of the things that prayer is a hindrance to us as it gets distracted easily. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to come to this church. He doesn't want you to come down to the altar. He doesn't want you to bend your knee in prayer. He doesn't want you to close your eyes. He doesn't want you to concentrate on the Lord. He doesn't want you on concentrating on whether you need God more or less. He doesn't want you to even think about God. He wants you to just stay the way you are and not do anything else. But God is in his place today, and he's calling people to do things for him. And all you've got to do is give God the opportunity and believe and trust in him that when you do pray, that when you do close your eyes, that when you do pinch your knee, that when you do raise your hands when the presence of God is here, God is going to work miraculous things in your life. I want him and I need him to do that for me. He'll come and give you help when you, don't, when you need the help. All I've got to do is picture him. All I've got to do is sing songs. I don't have to be in here. I can be at work and close my eyes and sing songs, and God's presence can come into that. I can have a prayer meeting and a praise and prayer and worship service on my golf cart driving down the road at Moorings Park. Why? Because I concentrate on the Lord. Why? Because I'm familiar with the presence of God. I've got my mind made up. I've got my foot on the rock. And when I close my eyes and concentrate and focus, God's going to be there because it's a promise to us. You've tried it before. You've done it before. I give you Paul and Silas in Acts 16. How many of us would be concentrating on prayer and worship service when we're cast into the inner prison? 
in locks and fetters. We would start really praying when we saw the rats coming to chew on our toes. Yeah. Tell me that didn't happen. That happened. But yet they had a worship service. And God began to uh, do miraculous things in that jail, in that prison. He can do the same thing when we still keep our focus on God. Today is not the time to have spiritual attention deficit disorder. How many know what that is? Attention deficit disorder, spiritually speaking. Not giving enough attention to what God wants us to do. Micah 6.8 simply said this, He hath shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Simple stuff. Sometimes hard to do. Requires focus. When you lose focus, how many's ever lost focus? on something, whether it's a camera, whether it's some kind of a lens you're looking through, like a picture there, a telescope, or even a camera that you have or something. What is the normal thing that we do? Yeah. Remember those old TVs that had the rabbit ears and the foil and the three Stations that were all black and white. Let me remember that. Back in the 60s. Who's going to beat on it? You got to get up there and pow. <laughs> it shakes. It has all those little tubes. Those test tubes inside, you know, the, that light up. Some of you don't know what those are, but we do. Sometimes God needs to wrap us. Sometimes God needs to shake us a little bit. Come on, Raj, focus. Come on, Raj, focus. Not the slap. Get a hold of yourself. How many's heard that one? That's kind of funny, but spiritually, that's sometimes what happens. When we lose focus, when we're distracted, like distracted driving. I know you know what that is. They have these sniper signs all the time. How many know what a sniper sign is? It sits by the side of the road, eye-catching. Looks like a big feather sometimes. Or even little things that will sit out and it will get people's attention. And before you know it, they drive off the road. Distracted driving. Same thing that applies here. Distractive living for God. Attention deficit disorder, spiritually speaking. Strange things happen on the side of the road that will make a driver turn that way, make him slow down. We even have automatic devices that's in your car that's, uh, what's it called, lane correction. I have one right there. This is a lane corrector. You need some coffee? You want me to drive? No, no. The guy thing. And then they also have these pavement things that you run over. Distracted 
getting loss of your focus. And I've learned this also, Brother Buck told me, and it applies. If there's a lesson that you learn and you get something from here, you drive ahead of where you're driving. Does that make sense? How many understand that? You don't come to an intersection when you're driving. You look the other end, a mile or however far down the road you are. You see the taillight, so you know you're going to stop. So why are you still doing 80? Slow down. But you also have to focus on what's in front of your bumper at the same time. And if there's something that somebody else is another opportunity, is you also need to focus on what you need to do today. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, you need to focus on it and get it done today. That's a simple thing. We got the water, everything's ready to go. If you need to repent, that's another simple thing that when the altar happens, anytime, it's happening today. Today will change your tomorrow. But you can look down the road and find out what God wants for you to do, but you still have to do things today to get it done and get it fixed today. Today is the day of salvation, it is said. If we need something from God, then I must focus right now, not next week, not next week, today. Understand the physical and then apply the spiritual. We can see that physically. We can understand that physically. We understand lane correction. We understand focusing. We understand corrective lenses. We understand correcting our vision. We understand refocusing on something that's important. We can see that physically. So can we apply that today spiritually? Where am I, Lord? What do you want me to do? How come I see things so cloudy? They're not, I, I can't make things out. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to press on. It's a time to ask more. It's a time to pray more. It's a time to say, Lord, help me get clearer vision of what you want me to do. In optometry, focus, the correct word for focusing is called ocular accommodations. Ocular accommodations. So when my eyes are ocular accommodating correctly, I can focus and see the clock. So now what happens with that, it occurs when all these tiny muscles on the side of your eye pull and stretch the lens so that you can focus. It's amazing the eyes, amazing thing God made. And we need to do that today. We need to find that out today. God needs to push me sometime. He needs to pull me sometime. He needs to move me this way. He needs to, he needs to smash me in so that I can see things clearer this way, what he wants me to see and where he wants me to go. It's painful, yeah. You ever squint your eyes? When you do that, you're kind of trying to focus on stuff that's backwards, stuff that you can't see. That's how we are spiritually sometimes. We can't see what God wants. And when we come into the presence of God, when we come with an open-up heart and an opportunity for God to take us, he needs to pull us. He needs to stretch us. He needs to push us together so that we can see things properly that he wants us to see. So when focusing, it's the lens that changes so that we see clearer. When I look at and focus on Jesus Christ, knowing that he's the finisher and the author of our faith, 
it's not him that changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's this that changes. I'm the lens. He's the light that I have to focus to. Things can happen and knock us out of focus, which I said before. But what I love about church is that I can get into the presence of God and he can move me where he needs to move me. Who knows you better than yourself than God does? Who knows how to get your attention better than God does? We have to be smart enough to know that God's knocking on my door. God's moving me around. God's trying to position me. God's trying to twist and, and move my lenses around so that I can focus and see the things he wants me to see. And to stay that way all the time as best as I can. 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says this. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth this not, because it knows him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I can't see you. I don't know what it's going to appear like. But as long as I rest in you, as long as I trust your mighty hand, as long as I rest in your presence, as long as I keep my life in your presence, as long as I keep coming to church, as long as I keep showing myself the house of God, as long as I keep praying, as long as I keep fasting, as long as I keep in the word, you're pushing me and you're twisting me so that I can appear and see what I'm going to look like and it's going to look like him keep pulling me Lord keep twisting me Lord so I can see clearly and then it's so easy for him to order your steps you know it's easy to see and to walk when your steps and your everything's clear oh I can see that and go that way musicians if you come The question is, and that I've asked myself in studying this, it's the existence of light that really makes the eyes work. For what would we be if everything was dark? How would the world and how would we live if everything was dark? You would lose your sense of sight. So then you would require your sense of hearing and smelling and everything else and feeling because that's all you would have left. But it's the light that shines. It's the light that shines on objects that reflect so that the eye sees that. So am I looking at the clock or am I looking at the reflection of the clock? Hmm. I'll let you answer that. But without light, we can't see anything. I used to be blind, spiritually blind. We all used to be spiritually blind. Hello, blind Bartimaeus. We all used to be staggering around in our lives, trying our best to get along and to live as long as we can and do the best that we can. But you know what? I understood the fact that I need Jesus. 
I can't live without him. The Bible says in John 8 and 12, Jesus said unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. When I've got a hold of Jesus, I've got the light. My light begins to light up. And then he said, we are the light of a city on a hill that we shine forth so that we can show the love of God in our hearts, that he is the light. John 9, 5 says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Got to have his light. Got to understand how the eye works and how we keep our focus spiritually. I have to do that. It doesn't come automatic. God's given us things, and it's up to us to do the stuff that we have to do. He doesn't make us focus. We have to be allowing God to focus us. You stand with me. I've got one more point to make today. Staying focused with God. I was looking into what makes binoculars work. Actually, a telescope just, they have the two lenses, the front and back lenses. They may be convex or concave, depending on what. But the binoculars are different. The binoculars have a prismatic set of magnifying glasses in the middle so that when you look at this end, it goes through those magnifiers. And that's why you see something that's really far off. You see it really close because it magnifies. And you move it and adjust it to focus however you want to look at it. I thought that was kind of neat to understand that the larger part around the binoculars is where all the magnifying lenses are. That when the light comes through and the object that you're looking at and you can focus that, it magnifies it and makes it larger. Psalms 34, 1 through 4 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Your life is different when you have the Lord and you magnify the Lord. When you have the Lord and you know how to magnify God in your worship, in your prayers, in your life, every day of your life, you have the Lord and you begin to magnify Him, God gets larger in your life. And the things that are fearful, the things that are troublesome, the things that, are, that, are, uh, that we think are so, uh, so bad, the objects that happen to us, He becomes larger than that so that we become an overcomer. Because why? We magnify the Lord. That's what we're here to do is to magnify God. Praise God. Let's sing together again. We can. Praise the Lord. This altar's open today if you want to come. The opportunity for you is here. The opportunity for God to help you out in your situation.
the opportunity for you to get focused or refocused is for us as we worship the Lord. touch from the Lord. It's time to focus. Yeah, yeah.
Hey, I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm not turning, say, I'm not turning back now. I've come too far. I'm not turning back. I have a clear vision of you, Lord. My focus is on you, Lord. Oh, come on again, say, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. Say, I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. Oh, I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm not turning. I'm not turning. Say, I'm not turning back now. No, I'm not turning back now. Yeah. I'm not turning back now. Yes, hallelujah. magnify him in this place can we exalt the name of Jesus how great he is hallelujah Jesus thank you Lord blessed be your name blessed be your name Jesus hallelujah hallelujah amen with all the things going on in the world it's so easy to become distracted and get caught off and get off track Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead about 500 people saw him alive after the resurrection. And when they saw Jesus, I'm sure he didn't say, hey, go, 
nice, nice to see you. Go have a nice life. No, what Jesus was saying is, hey, go, go to Jerusalem. Go wake because I got something for you. I got a promise that's still coming. Amen. And, and what happened, if he told that to 500 people, the book of Acts says there's only about 120 in the upper room. So 75% of them lost their focus. They got distracted. They, they couldn't wait it out. And that, but uh, those that were focused on God and said, no, Jesus told me. He told me to go and wait. He told me to wait for the promise. And guess what? They were baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire because they kept their eyes on Jesus. And, man, that's what we need to do. We need to keep our eyes on him in these last days. Amen. Because we want to see the promises of God. Amen. And we want to see his provision and the miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. That's what happened in the upper room. Man, that's where we want to live. We should want to desire to live in the upper room because where God has called us to be, amen, to focus on him, amen. Amen, we want to do that uh, each and every day. It's easy to do it here for these few hours that we're here to focus on him, but uh, we needed, we're, we're out there a whole lot more hours than we are in here. And out there is where we need to stay focused, amen. Amen, that way when we're coming here, it's, it's dynamic and powerful. Because we've been fighting through all the distractions and the devils and all those things out there. Man, you come in here and let God have his way. Amen. Amen. God is great. Amen. He's got great things in store for us. But we got to keep our eyes on him. Amen. And he'll lead us to where he wants us to go. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.